Have you or someone you love ever experienced homelessness? Tonight on Clutch, we discuss being homeless in the United States and how to dig your way back out of that hole and be happy and housed again. America. I'm your host tonight, Annie, and I'm so happy to be here. Real Girlfriends Across America is a company that has a foundation and mission to build lifelong friendships with women across the globe. We broadcast Sunday through Thursday, 6 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern. We always want to hear from you, and we're always looking for fresh topics to discuss. Tonight, we've got all kinds of girls on the line. We've got Corinne and Kay and Amanda and Alexis and a slew of other ladies listening at home. We're going to be talking about uh, the topic homelessness tonight. So the way I want to get started, and I told these ladies before, is I want to tell some stories because I love telling stories because I think that the best way to connect with people is by, you know, personal uh, personal experience and letting them know uh, that some of us have been through it, you know. And I personally, this could be the, the uh, title of my life because just a year ago I was homeless, um, and it wasn't by my doing and so now, a year later, here I am um, able to be part of something as wonderful as uh, Real Girlfriends Across America and so many other wonderful things that are happening. So that's why I want to share. So I want to start with Corinne, and I, um, why don't you tell us a story? It could be either if you've experienced homelessness, someone you know or love, or even just an encounter or situation that you had that touched your heart that you want to share with us. Um, I haven't been homeless um right now i am i guess you would say i'm not going to say homeless but i i don't have a home i'm like bouncing from airbnb until i can um figure out something for october but um i i have heard of like one particular story where this guy actually he's out of the same um city as i am philadelphia and he's known for his voice i can't remember what um he used his voice for it, but he was famous for his voice. And um, he wound up becoming homeless, and he was actually living on the street. And I guess the news heard about his um, troubles, and they were able to help him and get him housing. That's awesome. Um, that's one of the things that I want to make clear to everybody out there is that there is help, and there's plenty of places that you can um, seek out assistance if you happen to find yourself in a situation where you don't have a home. Um, it's not. It's not always easy. Um, but there is help, and you have to seek it out, you know. So, Kay, what about you? Um, you mean have I, like, experienced living on the street or just temporarily not having a place and had to be with somebody else? Or, Well, basically, you know, any type of homelessness that, that, that you may have experience in or someone you love has experienced or any stories you have that, uh, you've, you know, any encounters you've had. Um, there was a time um, uh, right before I was ready to move into my home um, because it was under it was un- being renovated 
um, that I really didn't have a place to go. And my um, childhood friend let us stay with her. And that was a pretty stressful time um, because, you know, it wasn't our place. um, And, you know, we were sort of in between here and there. It was a really stressful uh, space of time. Yeah. Well, you know, it's hard enough, right? You know, especially right now, um, the pandemic has really caused, obviously, major issues in the homeless community, especially trying to keep them safe from contacting COVID because they are such a tight knit or stuck in small spaces. Um, you know, the spread of COVID is can be rampant in in those cases. Um, and you know, a lot of it has to do with mental health. There's a lot of uh, people out there that that don't seek out or don't get help for their mental health issues, which leads to um, them becoming homeless and then just accepting that and continuing to stay homeless. And some of these people even have families out there, but they just don't reach out. And and the families have, you know, don't know where they are or have had to give up on them. Um, I think we all know that, you know, a lot of times the illicit drugs are involved. Um, uh, the mental health leads to people using um, and abusing drugs, and that can obviously lead to homelessness. So it's a really sad state to be in. Um, you know, I, I think there's different levels of, of the homeless person. Uh, that'd be an interesting study to look up or research because, you know, there's certain people that just fall upon hard times and are bouncing from couch to couch, and that is still homeless, or you just can't afford a, a hotel for that week. Um I don't know. There's just different levels, I guess. And then the people that have been doing it for so long, I worked in Denver and I remember this guy that lived behind the office that I worked at. um, And he had been there for seven years and my boss had repeatedly tried to help him give him money, give him clothes because he had shredded jeans or shredded pants. And he, he would get really mad if my car was parked where he put his dumpsters for the night when he would go to sleep, but he went to sleep at like three 30 in the afternoon, but he had his routine and he didn't like anybody messing with it. It was kind of crazy. Um, so, hey, what, who's next? Alexis, what about you? Um, I've never been homeless. I've had situations where I had to come back home to live, but i never really been in a situation where I didn't have a roof over my head. But I will tell you that there, um, I felt really bad for this homeless man. He, uh, I decided to take the afternoon off, decided to go back home to my grandmother's house because it was my turn to watch her for the weekend. And I thought I'll come a little early and cook my grandma fresh food, which meant grocery store. And, you know, sometimes you find the homeless people sitting there, like in a little corner, the little cup asking for change. And everybody walking past him decided to ignore him. They wouldn't even walk by him. They would purposely walk in the street around him so they wouldn't have to encounter him. And I felt kind of bad. So I went inside the grocery store and I bought what I needed, came back out and he was just sitting there and he said, excuse me, miss, do you have any spare change that I can have? And I don't, I'm the type of person that doesn't carry cash on me. So I was like, I'm so sorry. I don't have anything, but if you want, I can go back inside and get you something to eat or anything like that. I was like, no, 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 miss. It's okay. I know you need to go on your way. It's okay. And his cup was kind of empty. It was like, wasn't rattling that much. So like I went out to my car and I remembered that I had some crackers and some water in my back truck. So, like, I just grabbed them, and I walked over to him, and I also found, like, one of those cracker and tuna kits 
things. So I walked over to him. I was like, I'm so sorry. I don't have any money. And since you don't want me to go get you something, I'm pretty sure you're hungry. I tend to carry stuff in the trunk of my car just in case. So I found <laughs> some, you know, some crackers and some crackers in a bottle of water. And, like, I gave it to him. And, like, he was like, oh, thank you so much. Like, you're such a blessing to me. You're the first person yeah. that's given me anything today. And I felt really bad. And as I was walking away, this guy literally said to me, he was like, why do you encourage them to stick around? Like, you know, if everybody just ignores them, eventually they go away. Like, we don't want people like that here. So, like, I just looked at him, and then I was like, are you seriously going to think that, that you don't have the kindness out of your heart to at least say no to somebody? Like, do you know what it feels to be ignored? Like, if you ignore them, they feel abandoned. Like, I was like, it takes you two seconds to say no. You can't even say no to someone? Right. Well, you know, I mean, that's one of the things there's, you know, just like there's different levels of uh, homeless people. There's different levels of uh, people that aren't. And uh, some people have compassion and empathy and others don't. I, It's kind of a, um, I love that you have snacks in your trunk. I think that's awesome. <laughs> I think everybody should have snacks in their trunk. Um, but when I was, my first job was at McDonald's in Monterey, California, a long time ago. And and anybody who knows me knows that I am not a fast food worker. I was not then, and I proved it, and I am not now. Um, but I worked out. It was at the McDonald's by the Fisherman's Wharf in Monterey. And this homeless man came in one time, and he had 98 pennies. And nobody, I was new, and nobody wanted to wait on him because they didn't want to have to count all the pennies. So, you know, I was like, oh, I'll come here. I'll count the pennies. And then I felt bad. And so I did, you know, it was probably dishonest of me, but I I snuck a couple extra burgers into his bag so then he came back a few days later and then he came back a few days later and then the next thing I knew there was like a lot of them coming in and getting in my line and I ended up getting in trouble (laughs) because of all the homeless and I felt so bad because I was trying to help him you know but um yeah so I didn't do very well at McDonald's Uh, Amanda what about you you have any stories for us um, so I've never like truly like lived out on the streets, but I did couch surf for a really long time. Well, you know, it's um, a blessing to be. Oh, go ahead. I was just saying it's a blessing to be able to do that. Yeah, it is. It's also, though, really hard because you're like invading somebody else's territory, but like also it's a lot nicer than trying to fight the elements and stuff, especially in Colorado in the winter. Right. right. I know. Oh, I've been there. Trust me. I used to live in Colorado for a long time. So the first the first bit of information I want to give out is that if anybody listening or anybody out there needs this information, um, one of the numbers that you can remember and know if you happen to find yourself or somebody you know in a state of homelessness, you can dial 211. And most communities have the 211, and it'll help you um, get information to access any shelters or housing services in that county. So it's a really easy number to remember. So that was um, the National Coalition for the Homeless. So, Tawanda, I think you're out there, aren't you? Yes, ma'am. How are you? So basically what I wanted to share. Okay. All right. Thank you. What I wanted to share in reference to homelessness was two things. Um, when I saw in Atlanta, like under the bridge downtown, you know, there were there were always tons and tons of homeless people. And, like, if you go through there now, a lot of people have tents. 
and it may be bad and sad to some, but I'm just so grateful that I don't know who gave these tents out, but it's just really a, a blessing that, you know, now that, you know, if you're homeless, now you actually have this tent. And, you know, people are, like, literally making it home. And there's well over 100 tents in that area that's in downtown Atlanta. And there's still a lot of people that I see that's homeless that doesn't even have um, have a place to stay. And the story I wanted to share was one of my first um, jobs out of college, actually, I think it was in 1996, 97, I worked at the Salvation Army as a social worker. And I had a guy that came in that was homeless. And I had always seen people that were homeless that was, like, transients, like, coming from one place to the next. And I didn't really – I always thought, of course, you don't really know and understand. You're kind of ignorant at times. So right. I always thought a homeless person, like, didn't have nobody. I didn't even really – like Alexis was saying, and that was a great story, um, Alexis, like you were saying, if, even if you're not going to give, you can at least say no. I just think sometimes I, I probably disregarded homeless people because – I didn't really understand. So when I had a guy come in um, to the Salvation Army when I worked there, I thought he wanted money, but he wanted a voucher um, for clothes, and that was all he wanted. And I'm like, do you mind me asking, like, who are you and why are you homeless? Like, I I don't understand. And I was probably 21, 22 years old, and he said, right. he said, let me tell you, and I'll never forget it. Long story short, he told me he had, when he was 18 years old, he got in trouble. He sold something from a store, and he got locked up for 20 years in prison, something that was worth less than $5 back in his day. And after he got out of prison, he really didn't have a place to go, and he was institutionalized. So he just started living on the street because he equated that to prison because he was into a routine, quote-unquote, and he was homeless by choice. And he actually had family, and this was in South Carolina, he had family that lived in Florida and a few other states. However, he had tried to stay with them, but he didn't really want to go by their rules and, 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 and so on and so forth. So he said it was easy and he was happy to be homeless. He had ate three meals a day. He panhandled. He made hundreds of dollars. He stayed in a nice hotel every night, wherever he chose, and he traveled for a living. He traveled because he put his thumb out. When he got tired of being in Florida, South Carolina, he would go out to Florida and, and travel in different places. So I just said that to say this was one person that even though he was homeless, he wasn't miserable and sad and depressed. He had embraced it. He was homeless by choice, and he was still living better than a lot of people, and he was eating breakfast wherever he wanted, lunch and dinner, and he had his smoke and his drink. Yep. But I was just really happy that he wasn't out committing. Well, I mean, I don't know what he was doing, but just from how he explained to me what he was doing, he didn't blame anyone. He just owned it right. and he did what he had to do to survive. Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of crazy. Um, you know, last year I was in the hospital for months, and so I did not have a job for a while. And my husband at the time was a, addicted to drugs. And uh, so instead of getting a, a job while I was in the hospital, he uh, kind of deteriorated. And I came out, and when I got out of the hospital from being in it for four months, I was homeless. And so, of course, me, if you guys want to imagine my ass being homeless, I had a suitcase. I had, like, three huge-ass bags. I was I was still in a back brace at the time. And then I've got one of my pit bulls with me, and I'm hitchhiking to Boulder, Colorado, because I 
I knew my situation when I was getting out. I knew about a week before that the, the, the seriousness of it. So I had secured a job already, thank God, but I couldn't start it till three days after. So I hitchhiked to Boulder where I was going to be working and I slept by the train tracks. Well, what, actually the first night I slept down by Boulder Creek and it was freaking terrifying. And I like, I had my suitcase and I'm dragging all this shit. And, and I've got my dog in front of me and I like went down by the creek and, and by these trees. And it was like one of the most terrifying nights of my life. Um, but I tell you what, like I learned a lot, you know, um, I, I panhandled once and it was just mortifying to me. I, uh, I started working and I had, I got, was able to get myself into one, you know, an extended stay within like about three weeks. Um, but it was the longest freaking three weeks of my life. Um, especially cause I was still not at my greatest health. But I'm just so grateful because there were a lot of things that you could do. You know, granted, um, you know, it isn't easy because you have to seek out the help and you have to be willing to do that. Um, and it's a lot of paperwork and a lot of walking or busing, especially if you don't have a vehicle. Um, but there is help out there. There's food banks where, you, you know, they thank God there's food banks and they feed them pretty well. Um, and then there's, you know, there's the shelters and everything. And, and see, my thing is, is I had my dog with me and I, I could have gone into a shelter, but I didn't want to lose my dog. It was like the only... Thing I, you know, she was all I had at the point, I felt. Um, so I know there's another caller on here with the number 404, but I, I'm so sorry. I'm not sure who it is. Are you still here with us? Do you have any stories? That's me, Phoenix. Hi. Hi. I um, thought it was you. I actually, <laughs> that's me. I just hopped on a little late, guys. I have, I was at work. I apologize. Um, I actually was homeless before. I was homeless. Um, oh, back when I was like 21, just getting out of, yeah, I, uh, no, sorry. I was 18 younger. I was 18. I wasn't getting along with my family very well. They didn't understand me. I didn't understand myself. Um, that's actually, I, I oof, man, um, I actually was living in the streets for a couple months and, um, I actually ended up taking a ride over to California with a friend, lived in with my friend for probably a couple of weeks before I actually came back and I was in the streets again. I, I couldn't be out there. There was, I was already going through a lot of negative and she had a lot of negative going on and I couldn't be around that. It was just putting my energy lower. Um, so I actually came back to Arizona and I became a dancer. <laughs> um, I didn't have a yep. car, didn't have my ID. Um, so I started stripping, and um, that's how I started gaining myself up to where I'm at now, you know. So, yeah, I did live in the yeah. streets. It was very hard. You know? and there's been moments where me and my kids even now had situations where we were almost left um, in the street, you know. So I understand that feeling, yeah. and 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 when I do see other people, you know, I have somebody staying with me right now with her kids. She doesn't have a home, you know, and I've actually, yeah. as with this coronavirus going on, I've actually had a few mothers and their children. I, I only have a two-bedroom house. Um, my house yeah. is very small, but it has I have a huge yard. But I've actually had a couple mothers with their children come and stay with me for a few months because they were homeless, you know, and yeah. I never want to have somebody in a position with their kids living in the street. So I've, I've been the person who's helped and I've been that person who's actually stayed in the street. Yes. Well, yeah, I feel you on that. Um, you know, my biggest thing when, when I was 
out there because I was also homeless for a stint in California. That's another story for another day. But I remember at one point when, um, you know, food was the biggest thing, trying to find food because there are food banks and everything, but if you can't refrigerate things and you can't um, cook things, there's you're kind of limited. And I remember that I went like three days and all yes. I had was orange, oranges for three days. Yes. And now I'm like, <laughs> like, oh, God. So, you know, that's a big thing. If you can donate to your local food banks, it is very appreciated, you know. Um, I want to go over a couple uh, couple phone numbers real quick, and then we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, I want to hear if anybody has any more stories to tell us. But the first thing I wanted to talk about is how you were saying when you were young, um, that's one of the issues that leads to homelessness is runaways. Um, girls or boys that are unhappy in their home life being abused or for whatever reason run away, and they end up homeless and on the streets. And they do things like prostitution or stripping to try to make money. Um, but there's a phone number that is 1-800-786-2929, and that's for Young Runaways, and that is a National Coalition to Help Runaways um, Who Are Homeless. Um, another issue is domestic violence. Many um, women and men who suffer from domestic violence, um, when they're trying to get away, they end up homeless because they they think they have no one else, or the abusive person uh, had, you know, had alienated them from everyone else. So the uh, domestic violence hotline is 1-800-799-7233, and that's the National Domestic Violence Hotline. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back. Real Girlfriends Across America is on Patreon. Please follow us at patreon.com forward slash Real Girlfriends Across America. We strive to bring good content and we appreciate every show of support. Your donation could make a world of difference. Thank you for listening and all that you do. Clutch on to your drinks while we listen to today's trending news story. Hello everyone, this is Annie with your trending news for September 15th. News of life possibly being detected on Venus sparks meme fest online. The new findings are being dubbed a tantalizing sign that there may be life beyond Earth and soon sparked a lot of conversations on social media. A gas found on Earth that might indicate life has been detected in the clouds of Venus, and it has created a lot of buzz on the Internet. Scientists on Monday said that they have detected in the harshly acidic clouds of Earth's neighbor a gas called phosphine that indicates microbes, that they may inhabit what was thought to be an inhospitable planet. The researchers did not discover actual life forms, but noted that on Earth, phosphine is produced by bacteria thriving in oxygen-starved environments. Okay, we're back, and I wanted to give this little statistic. Um, I wasn't going to get too much into statistics tonight because I just think, like I said, this this is kind of a personal thing, and since we do have experience with it, I want to share with people that there's hope that, uh, you know, maybe, you you know, someone out there can hear that, uh, you know, there's a couple of us on here that have experienced homelessness, and now we're doing much better and brighter things, um, and there there is people out there that can help you and have been through it. So, 
um, one of the big things is the mental health. If if somebody that you know is experiencing issues um, and suffering, usually it's because of mental health, and that's what's underlying issue that leads to homelessness and, and why people stay that way. Um, so, you know, obviously the most ideal situation would be able to, able to get them some psychiatric help. But um, 17 out of every 10,000 people in the United States in any given night are, are experiencing homelessness. And and that seems just like a, a lot of people. I think the number was like 576,000 or something like that. And it, it may not seem like a staggering number, but it is an awful lot of people that have nowhere to go. And a lot of these are veterans of the military um, who have experienced PTSD or, or were hurt or injured in the war, and they came back. And, um, you know, mostly, like I said, mental health leads to them being homeless. Um there's another national call center for homeless veterans, and that phone number is 877-424-3838. You can visit their website as well or call 1-800-VET-HELP, and that's the National Coalition for Homeless Veterans. Um, I think that's, such, you know, homeless veterans is a, sad, is a sad set in itself because these men and women, you know, fought for our, our freedom in our country, and, and now they're experiencing this personal trauma um, you know, I wish there was a way we could reach out better or more to them, you know. So, Tawanda, what else do you got to talk to us about? I definitely um, was just thinking, Annie, as you were talking about the homelessness, two situations I wanted to share. I have talked to countless number of women over the years that have been married or in situations, and they needed to leave. And I would ask the million-dollar question, why won't you go? And it's been just what you just said. And even someone in my own family that's been married for a very, very long time, and she said, honestly, I have nowhere to go. And, yep. you know, it's not easy to go stay with other siblings. And like, like one of my family members, she got, like, two sisters and, like, someone else. But, she didn't. you know, she says, I have my own house, and so I'd rather just deal with it. But so many – I know there's not just one answer because just like you said – you know, there's so many different reasons, so many things people go through. And another thing, Annie, that I learned a long time ago is you just never know where people are in life. So we have to be careful how we treat people, yeah. what we actually say to people, because you just never really know. And the last thing I want to say is, unfortunately, I used to also work with a crisis shelter for children, and there's millions of kids all across the world that's homeless too. And, um, and it just really breaks my heart. I just wish that I had unlimited resources to get houses to just house these people because when people are homeless, a lot of times you're dealing with um, promiscuousness, you're dealing with people that's on drugs real bad, and some people turn to crime yeah. because they're looking for the next meal, and it just really breaks my heart to think about anyone. So I just hope that we can, you know, from this call and so many other places and systems and programs, hopefully we can be able to help put a dent in people that don't have a place to stay because it just really is just a horrible, horrible situation. Right. And I think that we all need to spread hope. You know what I mean? Like, like just spread hope and love to each other because a lot of times, you know, when people think that the world's turned their back on them, um, you know, you never know what a kind, you know, giving food to a homeless person or being kind to them even uh, can do because there's people out there that, that just don't share that kindness and that aren't empathetic towards them. And, and what a horrible feeling, you know? So Kay, what about you? Do you have anything to add? Sorry, go ahead. Um, hi, it's Alexis. I just wanted to say that I think sometimes the people who are the most compassionate people or the people who are down on their luck, because I've noticed that people who 
aren't going through something or are down on their luck tend to take advantage of their situation or they think everything is okay. So they tend to ignore those who are standing right in front of them that need a a helping hand. Case in point, there was a really cold day here in the DMV area. It had just snowed. And everything was cleared out, but it was, like, freezing outside. And a homeless man was just sitting um, off to the side of a 7-Eleven trying to take advantage of the building. So when the wind would howl, he's not in the wind. The building kind of takes the brunt of it. And everybody walked by him, ignored him, didn't have a kind word to say. So I walked inside that 7-Eleven, and all I had was the rare time I had $5 on me, and all I had was I needed coffee because I was on my way to work, and I thought, oh, coffee costs you something, and I could grab myself a donut or something, or I could do a kind thing and give him something warm to drink because I'm sure that he's not allowed inside the store. So I decided to give him get him some hot chocolate because I thought hot chocolate would be better than coffee because I don't know how he took his coffee. So I bought him a large, and when I came outside, I was trying to avoid all the icy patches, so I approached him, and he looked up. I was like, hi, I only have a couple of dollars left, so I just wanted to give you a couple of dollars and this hot chocolate, if that's okay. I like, he was like, oh, thank you so much. You're such a blessing. So I extended, like, I walked closer So, like, I gave him, like, the hot chocolate to hold on to because my thought was, even though it's cold outside, you have something to uh, warm in your hands. You keep the frost a little bit, something warm to drink. It will keep you warmer. And then, like, he said, thank you so much. And as I walked away, I was like, oh, do you need a ride somewhere? Like, it's going to only get colder. And, like, we don't have a homeless shelter around here. Like, I think the whole, uh, the nearest homeless shelter is at least 20 minutes by car. And, like, he goes, oh. oh, do you mind? And I was like, no, I don't really think that you should stay out here. It's only going to get colder. So I ended up texting um, work to tell them that I was going to be a little late. I dropped him off at the homeless shelter. I don't know if he went in or not, but at least he was around an area where it's at least a little friendlier towards the homeless. Right. No, that's that's awesome. See, and, and if more people would do stuff like that, like I, I kind of look at it like, you know, I'm blessed now to be at a point in my life where I can't I can afford coffee when I want it, and I can afford things that like that. And so if I give up one coffee or a couple coffees a week to to help somebody else out, you know, and 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 yeah, if you feel weird about giving money, then buy them some food or get them a drink or whatever, you know, or a gift card. Who knows? Whatever whatever you know you feel in your heart. Um, but there's definitely uh, nothing wrong with, with shoving some more kindness at everybody. So, Kay, what about you, girl? Is there anything else you want to add? Oh. Is, are you still there, Kay? All right, what about Lost you? Off you. Me. Oh. Did you say Sheena? <laughs> Who's, who I knew was asking for Kay, but I wanted, to, I wanted to ask Annie really quickly. Was Did Alexa say she gave the guy a ride? Yes, I know. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, please be careful when you're giving people rides. 
No, I mean, like, in all honesty, I'm going to be 100% honest. Like, you know, I was a little skeevy about it, too. But, like, you know, it was really, really cold, okay? And by cold, I mean unusually cold for the DMV area. And, like, he was at a section where you need a car to get around here. There are no buses in that area. Like, the hospital is like a 10 minute walk down the street and you're right at the crest of 495 I-95 and on the way to 395 you're not in an area where it's friendly to be homeless and it's plummeting outside to the 20s so like you know what I was like he's not going to harm me and stuff like that and I'm just going to do this and he's going to sit in the back of the car I'm like, well you honey know, be, really- be careful I would never do that again I, I worked with prisons for a very long time, and and just as it, just like there are people that's homeless, that's what cons go with this opportunity, and that's an opportunity for any lady to give a ride. You got women that's gonna jack you up, and guess what? Then they'll flip the strip, and you'll be homeless. And and, and we've seen the movies, even when someone home invasions get started just because someone knocks on the door, you look through people. It's a nice lady. She looks all sweet. Soon as you open the door, you're disarming yourself. You, you're you're being comfortable, and then boom, you're, they're in your house. So I love helping people, and I've been doing it all my life. But no, I'm not thinking of nobody. Maybe a man can do that. Maybe if you got your gun with you or something like that. But uh, maybe you just deserved it. It was okay, and and I understand that too. But yeah, I definitely I I, I was just alarmed by you saying that. Like, oh my god! Oh, don't worry. Please I wasn't be careful. Wh- I wasn't without defense. I failed to mention that <laughs> I had my uh, nursing kit with me, and we had um, a couple of needles, syringes, not to mention a scalpel in there. <laughs> okay. All right. And, and, I, and I also want to say, Annie, yes. Kay was trying to speak, and someone needs to unmute her because so, she has something she wanted to say as well. Oh. All right. Hold on a minute. Sorry. I have something, I too, when she gets done. Okay. okay. Can you guys hear me now? I'm sorry, girl. I didn't know. No problem. Yeah, no, what I wanted to say is um, I, I don't know if anybody has thought of this, but after the, the 2008 economic crash, there were many people who would never been homeless before in their lives that lost their homes and became homeless. Like the homeless population tripled. Um, after the crash of 2008, and I would say that it's going to quintuple um, because of the pandemic. Right now, the courts have foreclosures on hold, but there are so many people right now who have not been paying their rent because they can't pay their rent. There's so many people yeah. right now who have not been paying their mortgage because they can't pay their mortgage, and they are one yeah. court date away from being on the street. And I think well, and that the other um, thing about that, they, they were saying that, like, at the end of it, these people are going to be expecting these lump sums of money because, you know, they're going to stop the freeze and then they're going to still owe that money. It's not a free month. Right. Right. It's not a free month. And there are a lot of people who are going to be on the street and they, they don't have any psychological problems. They are not on drugs. They are just you know, victims of the pandemic. And I think that all of us as a people need to start getting out of the mindset 
that only lazy people become homeless or only drug addicts become homeless yeah. because it could happen to you. Like that's, that's the reality right now. Anybody could be homeless and we need to start looking out for each other because I mean, I don't know about anybody else, but I believe in karma. What goes around comes around. If you put yeah. out good Amen. towards others, yeah. you will receive good in, in return. If you put out evil towards others, guess what? It may not come today. It may not come tomorrow, but you're going to get it back. So you have to treat that. That's right. I'm with you. Amen. No, that's absolutely Amen. true. And, and, you know, I, am, I was one of the victims of get, becoming homeless without, you know, when it was out of my control. I wasn't doing drugs. I wasn't. I was in the hospital after I broke my back and, like, coming out like that and having to deal with that situation. But I'm grateful that I wasn't, you know, that I was able to deal with it the way that I did because, you know, um, I could have taken a different route. I could have said, you know, oh, I'm going to go drink and whatever, party. To, to the cows come home, but I mean, to me, it was more like I just need to get myself into a vehicle and get myself into a place to live, and like that was my determination, and it, and I did it, and I made it. Um, but it was it was a shitty shitty time in life, you know. Um, but it sure has made me a lot more grateful for what I have today. Uh, Phoenix, was that you that said you wanted to say something? Yes. Hold on, baby. My turn. Um, Yes, I just, I, I, actually, you guys all said it right now. That's exactly what I don't want to, exactly what I wanted to speak on as far as, like, even with the, um, with this whole coronavirus going on, a lot of people are going to end up being, I feel it, I feel it, I know it, because, you know, like I said, I have a mother and her child who are living me, with me right now, and a few months ago, she was having her own business and her own house, you know, so, um, I think it's important as far as, like, what's going on just to make sure because I feel like a lot of people, too, don't speak up as far as what's going on in their life. And I think it's very important to make sure that the people you love are really, really okay in in this type of situation because lucky for me, like, I I thought I was going to end up having to move out with my kids a couple months ago, and I wasn't speaking up. I was out here dreading doing anything to get the extra cash to pay rent, and I finally had to turn around and ask my parents. I haven't, it's embarrassing, you know. I'm 31, about right. to be 32, you know, having to go around and out, and my parents are like, you know, like, of course we're going to help you, which is why it's so Amen. important for me to pass it forward and take in, you know, the mother or and her child are, I've actually, you know, gone and I've, I've done a couple of hotels. I don't have a lot of money and I don't, I honestly don't know how I'm provided. I, I don't know how I do it because there's a lot of things that yeah. I do for people. I've, I've done hotels for a few people for a few months actually. And I was pulling out of my own pocket on top of paying my own rent. And just because I have the faith in God, you know, I was able to provide and do it. And there's times where, I'm lower. So I think it's very important to make sure that you are asking your loved ones because they can be lying to you in your face. I did it. I did it, you know, and I literally almost lost my home with my kids. So I think it's very important to make sure that you reach out to the people who say that they're okay and kind of pick a little bit further because we could be helping in so many ways, you know. So, Well, and I think what you just said is a testament to exactly what Kay was saying prior to that about, you know, karma and putting the good out there. Like you, you know, there is a lot to say for willpower. There's a lot to say for just doing the right thing and taking the next right step um, and, and showing right. kindness and, 
forgiveness for other people and it will come back on you just like the bad goes back on the evil the good comes back on you you just have to have faith Mm. you know this is saying life isn't easy man life is is a shit show most of the time especially with everything going on these days you know but but you got to keep the faith uh that you're going to succeed in the end and you're going to because you'll prevail bigger you know and i truly believe that that's right you know what you know you know what thought that i just had like, you know, a lot of schools right now are closed because most parents would either prefer to keep their children at home, depending where you live and stuff like that. A lot of buildings are being closed. They can't um, be open because a lot of businesses are going out. And, like, not everybody in this economy has enough money to start a new business like rent out a building and such like that so I was like wondering what they're going to do with all that empty building all those empty schools couldn't they temporarily turn that into shelters to just get people off the street because people are losing their homes they're going to turn up onto the street and stuff wouldn't it be safer and more safer for everyone in general, both homeless and well people alike, if you, you you put those empty buildings to good use. Because if you kick everybody out onto the street, right, God forbid right. if somebody came into contact with the virus, homeless people tend to live in very tight quarters. Imagine how much damage that would do. If you took one community of the homeless and everybody came down with the virus, imagine if they were walking around panhandling and stuff, how much damage that would do to your city in general if you had that many people came in uh, contact with the virus. So instead of leaving those buildings empty and not to good use, you're not going to make any money leaving those buildings empty. And you don't have any businesses that are going to say, oh, this building is empty. I'm going to pay you rent so I can start my business and such like that. So if those buildings are empty, why not just put them to good use and, like, give them temporary shelter? Just remember, or, you know, one you know, bad apple can spoil a whole bunch, and that's why that, that would never work. Because you can have a 1,000 yeah. homeless people, you can have two or three that's going to, mess it up for everyone. They're going to rob somebody. They're going to rape somebody's kid. You have to know who you're dealing with. So when you set up those type of situations, you have to go through a proper protocol and get funding and know who is who. you got people that's on the run that's in the midst of that situation, and that's why those buildings are still vacant. In addition Mm -hmm. to there needs to be money and funding. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. There's nothing to be sorry about. I think it's great. Like, you know, I always like when people get to pipe in and give more information out. <laughs> yeah, that was, because, but yeah, and I know, because I haven't heard that much from Corinne. I, I used to live in Charlotte, and we had, I attended a big church, and I had asked my pastor because I, it was a lot of big churches, a lot of empty buildings, and I had a problem with the fact we had a lot of homelessness. And then um, someone in the administration explained to me that at my church, they had done that before. They were letting homeless people stay in there, and the church got damaged. Someone stole yep. the the thing for the air conditioner, and basically it was just it was more harm than good. And again, right. because you have, you you never know who's amongst you, so that's why you got to go through protocol. You got to get applications. You got to find out who people are, because you got two or three bad people mess up something for thousands. I wish I could help oh, them yeah. too, but that's- we just can't. 
Yeah, and I, I want to really also say kudos to you, Phoenix, just really blessing so many people, even while you're going through it yourself. Like, it's amazing, and I know that the best days and the blessed days are definitely yet to come. And, and in reference to what you said, 2K, you know, you just never know where people are, and, and we've all been through something, and karma is real. So I just love what you said. Yes, too. So bless both you guys. Thank you. Well, I yeah, appreciate yeah. that. For real, I really appreciate You're it. You're welcome. You know, um, Corinne actually was who I was going to be calling on next. I know we have a lot of ladies on the line, so I appreciate everybody's patience. Um, but, Corinne, what do you got to say? Oh, um, yeah, like I had said at the beginning of the call, um, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm homeless because I, I do have resources. Um, but I am in a, a position at the moment where I am um, jumping from, you know, location to location. I'm right. just trying to figure out the best you know, situation money-wise. Um, but uh, in my situation, it's basically because of basically kind of like COVID because the person um, that I was paying the mortgage on a house from, um, they lost their job, which forced them to um, then want to sell the home that I was in. So that's kind of, to me, at a disposition. Um, and the way that they went about it wasn't the most legal way. Um, and because it was quote unquote family, you didn't have a agreement, nor were they getting money off of me living there, because um, I was paying all the house bills and the mortgage directly. Um, so, right. um, with me not wanting to, I guess, put up a, a fight or whatever, I just left. Um, however, technically, I could have stayed and just, I guess, make it hell on them. But I was thinking I was going to, you know, do the easy route and wind up basically costing me a lot of money, um, and it's still costing me a lot of money. Right. Well, I'm, I'm um, you know, we're yeah, I was just fortunate enough to have financial resources to, you know, be able to avoid being homeless, but I know a lot of people that's not the, the, the situation for them. Right. Well, and, you know, on that note, like a, a couple things that we can get some more information we can give out is uh, – the best thing is to, like I said before, locate food banks. Um, you can, for women and children, you can find what WIC services, which is WIC, and they provide like milk and cheese, peanut butter. Um, you can apply for food stamps. Even if you don't um, have a home, you can still get food stamps in most states. Um, there's job centers. Um, you know, I know that it's depressing and it's not a great place to be, but like the most important thing is, is that the universe does for those who do for themselves. So if you don't take the first step forward and keep fighting to, to get yourself out of the situation, nothing is going to come back on you in a good way. Um, so you got you got to fight the fight. I mean, sometimes you find up yourself in situations that you can't change, and and the only way you can change them is by moving forward and, and trying to be positive and uh, don't let you know don't let the demons win. You know, um, does anybody else have anything they want to add before we end tonight? Um, I had a couple of thoughts. This is Amanda. Um, I know that Amanda. some homeless, I know some homelessness is a result of domestic violence and also mental health issues, um, which I've experienced both. And there is help out there for both. And like, I did make some sacrifices leaving my abusive marriage, but like in the end, it was worth it. So there is hope. Yes, exactly. Um, there's nothing harder than having to try to leave a situation, especially because in most of those situations, the person who's being abused has been put into like a psychological state where 
they feel that they have no alternative or they don't have an alternative or, you know, like we were talking about earlier where they were like, uh, Tawanda said, you know, they have nowhere to go. Um, you know, that's a reality. Uh, but there are places to go. You just have to do the, you just have to do the research and reach out for help and don't be embarrassed and don't be afraid. Um, because, you know, we only live once and life is pretty short and living it in, in misery and, and sadness all the time is not the way that it's supposed to be. And like I said before, it's shit's going to happen, but at least if you, uh, if you're free of, of being abused every day, you can, you know, shit can happen. You can deal with it and you can move on and you will have those happy times. All right. Anybody else before we go? I'm going to just right, repeat well, myself. Okay. It's Phoenix again. Just make sure you yes, all check on your people. Check on yes. your people. It don't matter if they are putting a damn smile on their face. Check on your people. For real. That's all amen. I want to say. No, amen. I, I absolutely agree. Uh, reach out to people, especially with all this isolation that's been going on. So I'm so glad that you guys called in tonight, and um, I, I missed you. I'll be hosting again tomorrow night with another great topic. Um, we're on Sunday through Thursday, 6 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern time. I want everybody to have a peaceful and prosperous night and always light and love to everybody. Good night, guys. Good night. Thank you. Good night. Bye, Queen. Good night. Thank you for listening to yet another episode of Clutch, a podcast by Real Girlfriends Across America. Clutch onto us tight by following us on all of our social media platforms. This includes Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook. Like, share, and follow us. Did you miss the episode? Don't worry. You can listen to us anywhere where podcasts are being played, including Apple Podcasts, Google, Anchor, Spotify, and Speaker. Don't forget to watch us on YouTube by searching for Real Girlfriends Across America and visit our website at www.realgirlfriends.org. And until next time, touch on to your best friend and stay tuned.